You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. You're listening to episode number 35 of the Million Praying Moms podcast, where each week we're talking about the real issues Christian parents face today. On today's episode, we're hosting one of our very favorites, Stacey Thacker, to talk with us about the power of choosing hope regardless of circumstances. We think it's going to be a really powerful episode to help us kick off the new year. Several years ago now, I had the privilege of writing two books about hope with Stacy: Hope for the Weary Mom and the 40-Day Hope for the Weary Mom devotional. And those books continue to be some of my very favorite book projects. I love those books because they were real and they were honest from two moms who were literally scratching to keep a grip on the gospel while in the throes of young motherhood. They were as much a balm to my own soul when we were writing them as I hope they have been for the moms who've read them. If you haven't, you can find the links to both of our hope books in our show notes for today at millionprayingmoms.com or tuck this away. Okay, hang on to this. We're going to be doing a giveaway of both of the books later this week on our Million Praying Moms Instagram account. So if you don't already follow us there, do that now so you can enter to win. All you need to do is search at Million Praying Moms and you'll find us there. Plus, we're a lot of fun on Instagram. We are. I think so. Instagram is my favorite. So, you know, please join us there. But um, part of the reason we wanted Stacy to chat with us about this subject today is because she and her family have been through so much since you guys wrote this book, you know, the, both of these books, Brooke. Right. So we'll let her tell the story. But honestly, of all the people we know who can legitimately and authentically talk about choosing hope, it's Stacy Thacker. Absolutely. Today's episode is brought to you by the 40-Day Start With Hope Challenge. Start With Hope is the perfect way to kick off your 2020. Each day, Stacy Thacker and I focus on a truth about God from His Word, a truth to help God's truth, the truth of God's Word, intersect with the daily reality of a weary mom's life. We know you need hope. Guys, we know it. You need it like I need you it. need yes, you need it like you need air to breathe, right? I mean, there are those moments when you're like, "Oh, Lord, give me some hope here." But if you can't open God's word, we know you guys. We know how life is. If you can't open God's word and find it within about 30 seconds, it's going to be hard to come by. Right. We our time is at a premium and we need that quick to find hope that is based on God. If that sounds like you, the 40 day start with hope challenge is exactly what you need. It's something that will get you in the word of God regularly, but in a way that makes sense to you and meets you smack in the mess of your own motherhood place. I mean, right in the middle of it. Each devotion is quick enough to read over coffee in the morning during nap time in the carpool line, that's my favorite, or just before bed, but they're meaty enough to set a pattern for joy and hope that will last a lifetime. 
God can give you daily victory over weariness, but you have to choose it. So pledge now to spend the next 40 days of your 2020, I love saying that year, (laughs) digging into the word of God and see if it doesn't change the shape and mold of your entire year. To sign up, just visit our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. You will find everything you need right there. It feels a little bit like saying 2000, you know, like do you remember the impact of Y2K and and all that. Okay. I'm going to take a little aside and tell you a funny story. Okay. Just a really fun, this is totally unscripted guys. So my husband and I were dating in the year 2000 and his older brother and his wife were pregnant. They actually have a Y2K baby. And we decided that we would all go out to dinner out of town, like 45 minutes away. So y'all remember, those of you who are as old as we are, okay, let's just say that, you remember all the hype that was around Y2K, right? Like the world was going to end and and everything was going to stop, all the computers were going to shut down, you know, there was all this hype about it. Well, we went out to dinner and a movie and when we drove, like an early dinner and movie, and when we drove back into town, all the power was out in the entire town. What? We were like, oh, it's happening. It's all like, what? So, yeah, it turns out there was just a breaker down somewhere in the town, but everybody in the town was freaking out because we yeah. all thought it was happening. So hopefully there's nothing that's going to happen in the year 2020 and we will all just be able to enjoy it and have a good time. Yeah. When it turned over to 2000, I was on a bowl trip with my college marching band How with fun. our football team and I was at a concert at that time. And I was not even worried about what was going to happen. And I'm guessing when it turns to 2020, I might be sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. Our kids are going to a lock-in at at our church. And so my husband and I, we usually host some kind of New Year's something or other, but our kids aren't going to be here. And we're like, huh, what do we do? I don't think we're going to host anybody. I think we might just be old geezers and like go to dinner and a movie and then come home and do nothing. (laughs) That actually sounds like a lovely way to ring in the new year. And I should say, when you're listening to this, it will have already turned 2020. So if something happened, you won't even ever get to hear these words. Oh, man. (laughs) That would be a shame because they're going to be so good. If you are listening to these words, yay, we made it to 2020. (laughs) Woo! So let's get going. Yes, let's do it. Okay, guys. We are so excited to host Stacey Thacker today. Stacey is wife to Mike. She's a mom of four vibrant girls. And she would tell you that that doesn't look anything like the Little Women story. It's a little different (laughs) than that. (laughs) And she's committed to helping you know Jesus better as you study his word. She's the author of six books, including two that we wrote together on our subject today. Stacey, welcome to the show. Hey, friends. How are you? I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so excited to host you. We love chatting with you about hope. Um, So we're ready to just dive in. Um, What's like, tell us what's going on in your life right now. What's new with you since our listeners have heard from you? Well, the comment about Little Women um, made me laugh because as we know, that movie is out now and um, I have all the feels about that movie because every time I see the, the, the Little Women, I cry. I just instantly cry because it reminds me of my house. Um, and because of the writing thing, I think it just so completely resonates um, with me. Um, but my house is, my oldest, is, my oldest daughter is 20, y'all, 20. That Whoa. is unbelievable. I know. Like I, I mean, I was like 
12, you know, when she came, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> here's what happens when your kids get older. You can't, you can't hide it. Like we family pictures the other day and I was standing with my, specifically with my teenagers and I looked at the pictures and I was like, oh my goodness, I am what I am. <laughs> I'm almost 50. So it just is what it is, you know, but um, I'm struggling. Anyway. I'm struggling with you saying she's 20 because that means I've known you since she was like 10. Yeah. 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 That's Whoa. crazy, right? It's 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 in blogging years too, Erin. That's like an entire lifetime. More it than is. Entire- <laughs> it is. But wow. yeah, I've been I've been here's how I know how long I've been blogging because I was almost I was pregnant with my fourth daughter at the time and I started <clears throat> blogging like two months before she was born. Or I, well, about th- two and a half months before she was born because so my blog was born when my youngest was born, essentially the same year. So I've been blogging for over ten years. So it's crazy. So my yes. bookends are um, 20 and 10. And then in the middle, I have a new 17-year-old as of December. And then I have a 13-year-old. And so our girls are, are great. They're busy. They're all very different. We do have lots of words, but we also have a couple introverts mixed in there too. So it's not as, it's not as wordy as some people probably think, but we have all the typical things you can imagine. But um, I love that... Um, God just knew I needed to raise girls. They all reflect and pull out something different in me that helps me know that I've got to be pressed into the Lord. And as we're talking about today, choosing hope as their mom, as they get older, I'm in awe of who God is making them and also what he's pulling out of me in the process. (laughs) So um, they're wonderful. Um, My husband, Mike, and I've been married for 25 years. Let's see. Wait a minute. Wow. 25, 26. It feels like 25. Either way, way to go. Yeah. 26 and 2020. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and um, we live in central Florida and we have been here since um, before our second daughter was born. And so this is home to us and um, we're just grateful. We're grateful to be here. That's awesome. So Stacy, you and Brooke wrote the Hope Book several years ago now. Like we're talking yeah. about how long we've known each other and everything. Now it's like, oh, that really was several years ago. And a lot has happened in your life since then. So can you tell us your personal story? Fill us in post Hope for the Weary okay. Mom. Okay. Well, it's funny because, um, you know, when Brooke and I were writing Hope, we, uh, we, ha- we, we were, I mean, we, we were choosing Hope deliberately. I mean, we had we were. as weary moms and I will never uh, devalue those feelings of when your, your kids are little or you're in an intense time of motherhood. Those are very real. The daily hope Daily choosing hope, I think sometimes is harder than when you have a life and death situation when you really, it's really, you have to choose it. Like there's just no other option as a, but in the daily, in the, in the trenches, I like trenches of motherhood. Um, I think that is so real and so hard. And so, um, as I tiptoe into our story, please know that there's no real comparison. Um, but really since, um, golly, it's been about probably about, I guess six years now when the, it kind of tracks with hope because we had signed, we had signed the contract to publish hope and to write the devotional. So we republished hope for the weary mom because we had already written it twice by ourselves. Um, and then we had signed the contract with um, the devotional and we had signed it. And um, a few weeks later I found out that my dad had a brain tumor and he had, he passed away when we came back from a speaking engagement talking about hope. We were up in upstate New York and he passed away um, right when we got back. And so that following summer, um, when we sat down to write this devotional, I was openly and just hard grieving my dad and losing my dad. Um, and so that was 20, 
2015, I think. Is that right, Brooke? Yes. Um, 2015 and then 2016, um, as we launched, um, no, wait, that's not right. It was 2014. It was oh, 2014. It was. It signed it in was. 2014. Yep. It came out in 2015. And so, okay, so 2015 um, was when the first Hope book came out and then the devotional came out. <laughs> Why is it so confusing? <laughs> oh, my word. Um, more coffee. Um, so, and then 2016, um, my daughter was um, diagnosed with a chronic illness that just sent our family into a couple of years of really dealing hardcore with her recovery and getting her on the right track. And so just some really hard mom moments. I mean, like I remember sitting by her bed, her hospital bed, she was in the hospital for about eight days and just thinking about that story um, about the father who came to Jesus and just said, um, you know, I, I, you don't even have to come. Like you can just, you can just, you can just say the word. And I remember just saying, Jesus, just say the word, just say the word, just heal her. And I just said it over and over and over again. And so I remember choosing hope in that moment because as a mama, you just want to fix it, right? And so um, that was a really hard season. So that was um, 2015, 2016. And then in 2017, um, my husband suffered um, a cardiac arrest, a sudden cardiac arrest. And um, that was a time in our lives, which was completely um, unknown. We had no clue what was going to happen. We were not given any hope medically, um, but God in his grace and mercy um, restored him to us. Um, and so we have walked through really since 2017, his recovery. Mm -hmm. So we, in, in light of all of that, um, we've had moments where um, hope was the only option. I mean, if I was going to take another step, it was going to be because um there is a living hope in Jesus Christ and, and he got me through it. Um, and the power of prayer, which is what we're talking about today. And so, um, yeah, I think there's been times in my life where I've daily chosen it. And then other times where I have dove head first knowing mm -hmm. that if, if I don't choose the hope that he gives us in those unbearable moments that I wouldn't make it. And so I'm a testimony to the fact that you can take that step either way. Yeah. And he is still there. I love that so much. So I remember, um, you know, I remember us coming back from the Raising Generations conference in upstate New York and then being on such a high from the weekend. Mm -hmm. It was such a mm -hmm. great weekend and we were so excited to get to share hope. And we had such a, do you remember that? We had such a great response. Like there were just moms literally, you know, standing in the closet of the room because they, they wanted hope so much, I, you know, just... I wish I want to be able to expl express to the listener how, how emotionally high we felt coming off of that weekend. And then we get back, you know, you go back to Florida and I go back to Virginia and then just bam, I get the call from you um, that your, your dad had passed. And so yeah. I remember being, you know, in such fervent prayer for you during that. And then I remember praying for you guys as you dealt with your daughter's illness. And I remember, getting the message, um, just, you know, within moments after everything happened with Mike, um, just, you know, what was going on with him. And honestly, I don't think I slept that night, the, the night that you, you know, let us know what was going on. Um, I really believe that the Holy Spirit kept me up all yeah. night long. Just, I, I was on this, the verge of consciousness all night long and, and the Lord would just you know, prick me and I would wake up and pray again and then kind of doze a little bit and then wake up and the Lord would prick me again and, and, and I would pray again. And it, it went on that night, um, all night long. And there was this really special 
just feeling, I mean, you were going through a nightmare, but there was also just this amazing prayer that was happening Mm -hmm. for your family. And those of us who got to experience it on that end, um, God was powerful through the prayers of his people for your family. So powerful. I, I can't look back. I've been talking about prayer for a long time and I can't look back on any other event in my life and see Mm. how God was so present Mm -hmm. in the prayers of his people, the way that I remember that being for your family as you guys were Mm -hmm. in the throes of that. And, and really just even wondering if my, if if Mike was going to make it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, since this ministry is all about prayer, talk to us about how prayer influenced your story as you walk through those things. Wow. I mean, there's so many ways I could answer that. I mean, just the obvious, um, that, that God is, he's done miraculous things. I mean, he just has. Um, and so I think about, um, I think about the fact that I'm the testimony that we get to live and the answers to prayer that God has given us this, there's such grace in that. But one of the things I've, I've begun to understand about prayer is that prayer is transformative and that we do come and we do bring our list of our requests to God. I mean, he tells us to pray about everything and I, I pray about everything. And that's, again, that daily conversation. But I have really begun to understand it's just as much as being in the Word is transforming, that prayer is, it's part of my relationship with God, and it transforms me. So all of these situations, these really um, hard things that we've gone through, have been opportunities for me to enter a prayer conversation that is already happening between the the perfect triune God and not to get too deep into all of that mystery. Um, the father is listening to the son and the Holy spirit is interceding from words that I can't even express. And so when you talk about Brooke, when you talk about you feeling and experiencing that too, that's because of the spirit. That's because I was on my face going, God, I don't know what to pray. And he's like, that's okay. Cause I'm praying. And I've got this army of women yeah. and people all over the world that I have their attention and they're praying according to my will. Mm-hmm. So we've got you covered because I've just learned that in prayer, it doesn't necessarily matter that I have the words. It's that I'm interacting with the Lord who is who is present with us and all things. And so it's that relationship is that part of our, um, our, our relationship with him. It is actually transforming us to be faithful, to be like him, to trust him, to take another step, to be used by him. And so, um, I think for me, it's just to be able to be more aware of the work he wants to do in and through me. And prayer is just such a part of that. So it definitely has influenced my story through like big answers that we can say, Oh my goodness, you know, you see my husband today and you know where he was uh, almost three years ago and you think that's a miracle. Well, yeah, but you know what? The miracle is also what God has done in my heart to see God be who he says he is in the moment every day and, and to make me more like him in the process. You know, somebody said, hey, are you any different? How, have you changed since all this? And I said, I hope so. I hope I'm different because that's where it happens. It happens in those moments where you're on your face in front of Jesus and he's carrying you. Um, and so that's really what I would say how prayer has influenced me. It's this deep work. I've seen miracles. I've wrestled, but in that process, he's changed me. I think that's so great because so often when that question is asked about how prayer has changed or influenced your story, people are looking for the physical signs. Like you, like you said, the miracles and things like that, but Mm. it, I, you know, 
above all, it really is about our connection with Jesus and what he does in us while we're praying. You know, um, we were just um, in our Bible study talking about when Abraham was interceding for Sodom, like, Mm -hmm. you know, will you save them? And he, he didn't end up saving Sodom, but think of how that changed Abraham to have like, you know, wanted something so much to go to the Lord and to know that the Lord was listening to him and all of that, you know, like there's just instances like that where it really isn't about changing the outcome, but it is about the relationship and about feeling the presence of the Holy spirit and connecting with the Lord in a way that, you know, he hears you even if things don't change and it's not always a physical sign that we see, um, you know, an actual miracle in front of our eyes, it's often within our hearts. So thank you for Mm. touching on how it has changed you. Mm. And I echo what Brooke said, like it really changed me to be praying with women for Mm -hmm. someone else and to see it happen, but also just to be that desperate, you know, like, like we don't want to be in those positions where we want to be desperate, but Mm. it is so good for us to be reminded of how much we need him and how much power he has and how much um, reverence he is owed and all of that. And that is what those moments did for me is just remembering his place, Mm -hmm. you know, in my heart and, Mm -hmm. and where he should be. So um, I love that you shared that part of it. So there are some times in the original hope for the weary mom book where you and Brooke talk about the hard hope. So in other words, hope that is much harder to come by than what's required in our normal day-to-day lives as moms. So in fact, if I remember correctly, you guys felt it was really important to speak to that mom whose need for hope went beyond the norm. So Mm -hmm. in the book, Brooke openly shared about her miscarriage and how God helped her hold on to hope through that. And you also shared a really powerful story of a mom who lost her son in the Virginia Tech shooting and Mm -hmm. how God healed and brought hope there. When you all were writing these hard hope stories, did you think you'd ever have to live that kind of story (laughs) yourself? (laughs) Well, it's interesting because when we came to that, um, you know, Brooke was um, very vulnerable to write about her miscarriage because that really is part of what connected us to write the whole beginning of the hope story anyway, as she was right in the midst of that when we started writing. Um, and she really offered that. And I was so, I was so humbled at her vulnerability in that time, willingness to go there and to other, we let other moms speak into that same story. But we, I remember where we were and what we were talking about, just about, you know, I think there's, there's sometimes there's a hard hope. And I I know it was Brooke who said it because she has, she has all the great sticky statements (laughs) and she said, you know, there's hard hope. And so, um, she had known Tracy and, um, just said, let me, let me see if that, if we can talk with her, I think she would be willing. And so that chapter was so important to us because we knew there were moms that were going through really hard things. And I think even Brooke would say, even since then in her life as well, is now I look at the fact that I couldn't have written a hard hope chapter um, back in 2014 or whenever that chapter, I think that was actually done in 2012 Mm -hmm. um, when we wrote the first expanded version. Um, I couldn't have written that. And now I could write an entire book (laughs) on on a hard hard hope. Um, And that's really become so much of my story. But when I think about that, I think about Romans 5.5. 
and um, about the fact that um, suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And so we, we think about those things and, and, and it actually says to rejoice in those sufferings because that is that hard hope that's produced. You know, hope doesn't get produced in us um, because good things happen necessarily. It's because we experience God in the midst of that suffering. We gain him and we we have that closer, more intimate relationship with him. But what we find in those situations is, as it says, is that hope doesn't put us to shame or disappoint us, that hope is there because hope is a person. Hope isn't, you know, what's the phrase, a wish or a sprinkle of magical fairy dust. It is a person. And so that hard hope is what you find. And this is what Tracy said so beautifully in that chapter that I hung on to later, which is, is that you develop that relationship beforehand because when you're in it, it's going to pay off dividends because it's not if, it's not if you go through hard times. And I don't mean that to be like a tale of, you know, woe or fear to put the fear in anyone, but, but when you walk through valleys and when you walk through the fire and when you walk through the hard times, hope will be there and, and he will not disappoint because he's an actual person who enters that place with you and grows you through those really, really hard times. Mm, I love that so much. So what you all don't know is that I'm muting myself while Stacy's talking because I'm all weepy over here. <laughs> Just remembering. It's okay. so good to remember. It's so good to remember and look back and say, look at what God has done. Mm-hmm. Um, we all need to to pause every once in a while and yeah. just reflect and say, look at what God has done. Um, so let's get, let's get practical now so I can yeah. stop crying. <laughs> Just pause the the podcast, girls, if you're at home crying too. Yes. We'll be here when you get back. Yes, right. Take a breather if you need to. Take a break. (laughs) So let's share a few things with our listeners at this point, some strategies that you have used during your hard hope season that helped you deliberately choose hope, maybe especially when you didn't want to or didn't feel like it. Mm. Well, you know... um, I was thinking about this um, and I immediately thought of our acronym, the HOPE acronym, because I'll be honest, I'm super forgetful. (laughs) And scripture sometimes, and I remember this, I I specifically remember this when Mike was in the hospital. I had been in the book of Hebrews before he went into the hospital and I'd been hardcore studying Hebrews, um, which I love. It's my favorite book. Great HOPE book, by the way. Um, But I remember... After I left the ICU that first night and I went over to a friend's house because she lived very close to the hospital and I was in her guest bedroom, like I could, I was like praying. I couldn't remember one verse. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stir up one scripture. And so um, she had a Bible there and that definitely was beneficial, but I can remember the HOPE acronym. (laughs) So verses sometimes get jumbled in my head, especially under really high tense situations, but HOPE as an acronym sticks. And so when people ask me, um, about that. I'm always like, Oh, well we did that cause it's easy to remember. And sometimes you need some, you need a, you need a trigger to remind you. So, um, the hope acronym is the first one is just to be honest with where you are. And I think for me is to, um, when I'm choosing hope, definitely when it's hard or even in a daily sense is just to be honest with the Lord. And that's really what, you know, <laughs> my favorite chapter in the book that we had to retitle. Have we ever told him the title of that chapter book? I don't remember. <laughs> Just well, honest. It's fine. It was originally, well, I think in the first book it was called beer and cigarettes. It might've it? been. It might've been. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's, it's Brooke's story to tell, but <laughs> you're having a moment where you call your husband and you ask him to bring you beer and cigarettes. You might need to be honest with the Lord about yes. <laughs> how you're feeling. He probably knows. Just I like look back on that, and I still can't believe I wrote that. I can't believe I put that out there for the whole world to see. <laughs> it's it's my favorite. I think that could be a new Million Praying Mom shirt, right? Yes, beard and cigarettes. <laughs> I'll get right on designing that. You. Yeah. you know, it's so yeah. on brand, right? It is. It it's is. on brand. But no, I think in those moments you have to be honest, and that's a really important part. It's like that's God knows that anyway. He knows, but for us to admit, to honestly admit where we are. So I think that's first is don't put on airs. Just say, just tell him I Lord right now really want beer and cigarettes, but that's not what I need. I know that's not what my heart truly needs. You, so you're being honest with how you're feeling. And then the second part of it is just to, to invite him openly, invite him into your mess. And this is, you know, what Brooke says, cause I always love to quote her is that we know that, that Jesus can fix our mess, but most often he gets in it with us and changes us. And so that's again, what we're talking about the transformation. That's what happens when mamas choose to do this 40 day uh, prayer journey is that they're going to be transformed. Um, and so when you invite him into that place, um, it changes you. And then you're both, he's there and we know he's there, but it just, we're both there together. And um, so we invite him in and then prayer, just talking to him, like not feeling like you have to have big fancy words. I mean, if we think about the Pharisees who had all the big fancy words, they were not, they were, they were praying in a way that was bringing glory to themselves. But I think the way that the Lord wants us to pray is just to talk to him and to ask, just to continue to ask Lord, help me you know, help me get through this. And um, what I love about the devotional is that we've really tried to, to key it to feature who he is. And so like, he is our rescue. So Lord, I need you to rescue me. You just tell him, you just tell him what you need and then encourage your heart with God's word. Um, and just having verses. If, even if you can't remember them like me, you put them on little cards, you write them on little notebook papers like I did today and you just carry it with you or put it on your phone, make it your lock screen. Just one, one verse a week. One verse, if that's all you can handle, that's enough. Um, and that's the HOPE acronym. I love it. I love it. And yeah, we're not asking you to like have the whole Bible memorized so you can pull up these pictures <laughs> in that moment that you need it. Because we all know that in the moment we need it is often the time that it's not there. It's like, there. so write it down. Like, yeah, you use the tools that God has given us to, <laughs> to keep that truth and that word in front of your face. And yeah. Um, yeah, we're not asking you to do this all on your own and from memory, but <laughs> it's okay, always to tuck away yes. those those words in your heart, however you can. Sticky notes, uh, lock screens, all of that. That's so great. Very, very practical. I love all I, of that. Let me just say, I love something I love about you, Stacey, is that you always you're so good at reminding everyone that it's just okay to be human and that we're not we're not you know, super theological people who, who have memorized the entire Bible. We know the word of God. We hide it in our hearts. We believe that God will bring it to us when we need it. But we're just, you're, you know, we're all just normal people who need Jesus on an everyday yeah. practical level, even and especially when we're going through those hard hope moments. Mm -hmm. That's when we need him all the more. And I just love that about you. So thank yeah. you. Well, I will tag on there real quick is I didn't used to be that way. I used to really, and we, we talk about this 
and one of the books that I really hid and I, I lived with a veil over my face. And whenever anyone would ask me how I was doing, I'd be like, I'm fine. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Like I was afraid to be that authentic person. And so, um, I remember when we released hope and someone stopped me at church and she was like, you were so honest. And I had that moment. I was like, I can't, I can't take that back. <laughs> You know, I can't take that back. And so that was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. But it's so much better to live real because in that moment you say, you know what, this is who I am, but it allows you to point to who God is mm -hmm. and it allows you to give him the glory for all that he's doing. I think there's sometimes, some days I think people probably wish I put that veil back on. <laughs> it can make people uncomfortable sometimes who are still living behind the veil. They're like, I don't want to hear what you have to say because it makes me think about what's going on in my life. Let's all just pretend like we're okay and then everything will be fine. But there's so much freedom in just, taking the veil away. I know, you know, I lived that way too. I wanted everybody to think that I was in control of everything. And the reality was that I didn't really feel in control of anything. And that's the truth. I'm not that much in control of, of anything. And, and when we can finally admit that and actually just park there, you know, I'm saying that as a control freak. I, my, and my husband would attest to this and does on a regular basis, but I really do <laughs> like to be in control of things. I feel better about me. I feel better about my life. I feel, I feel like I can, you know, be, I feel intelligent. I feel well-rounded. I feel like a mature woman, but the reality is that I'm really not that much in control of anything. And God mm -hmm. can show us that in a very quick moment of how little control we actually have and just giving him the freedom to, to do that, to be in control as he already is. He really is. We're not. It's so freeing. Yeah, for sure. Very much. So the focus of our ministry here at Million Praying Moms is to help parents make prayer their first and best response to the challenges of parenting. So can you list a few things you think moms could be praying about or for as they're trying their best to choose hope. And right now we're focusing on mom. Like what can she be praying for herself to focus and choose, focus on and choose hope? Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I remember that's something that, you know, Brooke and I talked about years ago um, is that a lot of times mamas get so busy praying for other people that we forget to cover ourselves. Um, and that's, I mean, that's selfless and that's great, but prayer is for us as well. And so um, one of the things I love again about this 40 day journey is it's such a reminder of what we need and who we are as his daughters. I think we need to make sure that we're, we're seeing ourselves first as his daughter. And as we receive from him, then we can, we can pour out and pray, of course, pray for others and your kids, but don't neglect praying for yourself. Um, so I think just making that a priority and, and, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of this term self-care, but I think there's an aspect of prayer like soul care. Like it's part of how we tend our soul well, our heart. Um, and so I think just making sure that that's, that you're including yourself in that. Um, I think also, you know, I think it's good too. sometimes picking a word or something that you can use all year long to help remind you um, of your need of that prayer. Um, it could be picking a verse that is special to you and, you know, you could write it down again, you could put it on your phone, you could, email yourself, <laughs> you can do all the things that you wanted to do for that. Um, and just, I love the idea of, um, 
spending like a year with a verse or a book of the Bible and letting it spend a year in you. And so like, I mean, I even think about Romans 15, 13, which is one of my hope, favorite hope verses. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Um, that verse, even just taking that and just letting it just dwell richly in your heart um, over and over and over again, it can take on a new a new meaning and purpose every time you you let that dwell in your heart richly. So I think those couple things, making it a priority, not forgetting to pray for yourself, maybe also maybe having a prayer partner, another mom who would be committed, say, hey, would you um, would you commit, can we commit to pray for each other? Like not just for our kids, let's just pray for each other and just be sure that we're, we have someone else that we know is praying on the same page as us for our own hearts. So. It, it really can, um, I don't know, I, the only way I can describe it is when someone, when a fellow mom has asked what they can pray for me about, or when I have just, you know, been bold and said, hey, can you please pray for me about this? I, it doesn't immediately take it away, whatever the thing is, but there is just like a burden lifted yeah. where you're like, this is not mine alone to carry because somebody else is taking it to the Lord for me as well. And maybe praying for me in a completely different way than could even cross my mind because I'm right in it. Yeah. And, um, like it's really as simple as a text message. Like that's how my mom friends and I will be like, Hey, I, this is going on. Can you please pray for me? Or today feels heavy. I need, I need some, I need some prayer. And I just can't describe it other than feeling a little lighter yeah, just because somebody else is lifting me up in prayer. So I love the accountability idea and the, you know, like you don't even have to tell each other exactly what you need prayer for. If that's uncomfortable for you, you can just say today has been hard. I need prayer or I really need some prayer just to get through today or whatever it is, like whatever you're comfortable with. I heard, um, I was listening to an interview with Mary Beth Chapman. She's Stephen Curtis Chapman's wife. And um, she talked about having friends pray. And she said, you know, sometimes we have to believe it for each other. I, I was at this conference. That was probably one of the most profound things I heard at that entire conference. And she was like an interview. It wasn't even like a speaking kind of thing. And I thought so many times when, if you could just text another mom and say, you know what? I'm having trouble believing it today. And so having another mom say, you know what? I'll believe it for you. And what that means is I'm going to take it to the Lord in prayer for you, even if you can't believe it for yourself. And often just knowing someone else will take that, take that banner up for me. It, it fuels my hope. Um, I just, I thought that was so encouraging. It is super encouraging. I think I've told this story before at some point, but um, it's worth retelling. Uh, The first time that I ever really had an experience of what it felt like for someone to pray for me, to, to, just pause what they were doing and pray for me happened when I was in grad school. So I give a shout out to my grad school roommate, Heather Medvedenko, love you. Um, (laughs) But I came back to our apartment and um, I was really just upset about something. And you know, it's been a lot of years now. I won't say how many, but um, (laughs) I don't even remember what it was. I I have no idea what I was so upset about, but I came back from the weekend at home and I was so upset about something like just clearly physically upset about something. And And um, Heather was just an amazing influence on my growth in the Lord. But she said, well, let's pray about it. And my response to her was the same as, um, you know, it would have been up to that point, which was like, oh, okay, well, thank you. I know you'll pray about it. Like, I thought she was saying, 
you know, I'll pray for you. I didn't think we were actually going to stop and pray at that moment, but she actually grabbed my hands and sat me down at the kitchen table and laid hands on my shoulders and prayed over me the most powerful. Like, again, I don't remember what it was. Her words may not have been all that special, but in the moment, it just was so powerful for me to have someone pause and care enough to say, no, I'm not going to just tell you I'll pray. I'm actually going to stop and pray right now. And that, that made such an influence, had such an influence on me. And really, um, that's how I've wanted to care for other people. I don't always do a fantastic job at it, but it's, it, it was a example for me of how I've wanted to care for other people when they come to me with a a prayer need. So we really do have so much to offer each other if we will just pray. And at the very least, when you send a text out to a group of girlfriends, you just know you're not alone. You know, you, you realize that you're, you're connected to the body of Christ and that there are people who are with you. Um, So I, I love that so much. It's, we just have so much, um, so much good stuff that we can offer each other as sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, Stacey, we like to wrap up our shows by asking our guests to share one verse or passage that they're currently praying for their own children. So mm-hmm. give us, give us what it is in your home right now. What are you currently praying for your family? Other than Lord help. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's the easy one. You know, um, that's the one I probably pray the most. Um, but one of the consistent verses that I've prayed for my, my family and my girls over the years and recently is Ephesians three twenty through 21. Um, and it says now to the God who can do so many awe inspiring things, immeasurable things, things greater than we could ever ask or imagine through the power at work in us to him be all glory in the church and in Jesus, the anointed from this generation to the next forever and ever. Amen. And um, one of the things that I'm I just pray specifically is that we would see God do awe inspiring things um, more than we can ask for or imagine. And we've definitely been a family who's seen that, but I want to tell you that sometimes even when you see God do big things, you still doubt. And so I've continued to have to pray this prayer. Say, Lord, I know I've seen you literally raise my husband from the dead, but there are times when I have trouble with trusting him for tomorrow. And so um, I heard, um, I heard, I've been hearing this phrase and I think it's really um, a trendy thing to say, but it, it's the phrase, won't he do it? I'm not, have you ever heard anyone say, won't he do it? You know? Yes. Um, and so I heard that several times recently, like in one week. And, um, I think that when I realize that he wants to do it and that he will do it, I, as I've prayed, the Lord has impressed on my heart. I would do more if you would just ask, like wow. and that just really hit me. And so I've asked (laughs) for crazy things Mm -hmm. and the Lord has been so kind in this season of really choosing hope in a hard place. He has been so kind. So that's the verse that I've been praying, especially for my girls that they'll see um, my faith growing and that they will see me asking God to do all inspiring things and it will encourage them to do the same. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is really beautiful. I I love that so much. And Yes, he will do it. That is right. I love that. It's it's amazing. Stacy, thank you so much for joining us today. We are just so blessed by uh, the faith and hope you have shared with honesty. And um, we would love to tell our listeners where they can learn more about you and follow along with what's next. Um, yes, where people can find me. And the best place to find me online is stacythacker.com. And that has all the things and all the places um, on all the socials. Well, 
not all the socials because there's just new one every day, but Instagram at Stacey Thacker, um, Twitter still, I still hang out there. And then on Facebook, I think it's official Stacey Thacker. So. Ooh, official. Official. Nice. (laughs) You know, not the unofficial. (laughs) (laughs) Don't follow unofficial statements. All right. Awesome. Well, that's it for today, friends. As always, you can find any specifics from our show, including how to order the Hope for the Weary Mom books and how to take the Start with Hope 40 Day Challenge. We want to challenge you to take that challenge um, in our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Tune in next week for another episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.